And welcome to the Father Seekers Podcast. My name is Pastor Keith, and with me, as always, is Pastor Barry Edgman. Pastor Barry Edgman, how are you, sir? Hey, man. Uh, you know, it's good. And by the way, it's good to be here in this studio with you. I like hanging out with you. We do. We we, we have some good conversations pre and post. It's yeah. pretty good most of the time. Yeah, there's a lot of times where I, I finish, where I stop, where I press stop on the record button, and I'm like... You know, had we just had the thing like recording for the first half hour, right, right, like we just did. I, I feel like, like the, we just. I feel did. like we could. We just. We did the podcast thirty minutes before we pressed record. Um, Maybe we should do a a precast, uh, and then a, a cast, and then a postcast. Yeah. So what we do beforehand is we we sit down in the studio here, and then we go through the the points of the episode that we're about to do, uh, talking points. Uh, problems and solutions because I, I think like if you're if you're doing a podcast and you you present a problem and you don't present solid solutions you're you're just talking mm. you know yeah and so it, it's it's always really relative and important for both Barry and I that um we say hey well we're going to talk about in this episode and then uh and then come up with solutions that we that we're that we can say so hopefully that comes across as if you know as we just said that you're like oh yeah Oh, that's totally how you guys do a podcast. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of people, um, a lot of people think we just get on, get on here and talk, but we actually have conversations throughout the week that feed the podcast, and then we have some connections uh, with guys in our in our life group where where they give us, they actually sometimes give us some really good content to utilize. Yeah, no, that and well, they don't, they may not know that. But in in, in our particular life group, we're talking about that's. Uh, Every, so every Thursday we have this group that's it's an ongoing group. Uh, anywhere between twelve and thirty men show up. Yeah, uh, and there's like what almost sixty. It yeah, the roster. the roster has the like roster, sixty. Yeah, yeah, if you go if you go to the ones after after the uh, men's retreat we did, if you go to the the number of groups that broke out yeah. after that, like there's three or four out there now. So so they spawned, which. That was a weird movie. Yeah. <laughs> Not that kind of spot. But they, they broke apart. They multiplied, divided, and multiplied. And, um, you know, the roster's probably over 75 now. Yeah. Yeah, just just well, in the thing. Just because the other groups, too. So yeah. these, these other groups have, have spawned and, and utilized the same material that our Thursday Original Life group does. Yeah. Um, they, still, they use the same talking points that we have for that week. Uh, but then they've also attracted new people to it. Yeah. Um, I just got a text. Uh, uh, no, it was a, it was a welcome slip, uh, welcome to life church slip that somebody filled out this last Sunday. Mm. And they asked if there's a, if we have sports ministry and I was, yeah. and, and it was like the slip was handed to me. I'm like, and the person who handed it to me goes, do we have a sports ministry? And I'm like, oh my gosh, uh, our, the Tuesday life group, they, they, yeah. they, they all do CrossFit I know, together. I know. Yeah. Um, that, that's a group. That's a huge group. And those dudes, there's some really solid men in that group. Yeah. Super solid. Not just physically, but mentally and emotionally, oh, yeah, spiritually. They are I mean, built like tanks. Those yeah. Men. There's a, if you're in a knife fight in an alley, <laughs> you want, there's a couple of guys in there Tuesday that I can tell you group. right now. <laughs> like, Cadillac Three has a song that's called "Them Boys." Yeah, I want yeah. them boys. You want me. Tuesday Night's Life group, them boys. Men's, men's group to, yes, sir. to, to be yes, your backup. Um, cool. So we are in the middle. Nope. Last week we we're in the this middle. This is it. We are in the conclusion stages of uh, the three-part series that we have been in, uh, titled "The Offices of a Father." Um, mm -hmm. The first week we talked about prophet. Uh, last week we talked about uh, priest, and this week 
king. So mm-hmm. the prophet, priest, and the king are, are uh, roles, offices that you as a father, you as a man, you as a, a husband, you as a leader, um, you encompass all three of these roles um, at any given moment throughout your day. Uh, and and a lot of people that we've been talking about, uh, talking to about this series, didn't really recognize that, oh, I am all three. Mm. Oh, I am all mm. three. Um, so if you don't know what we're talking about, like in that regard, go listen, go have a listen to the last mm-hmm. two episodes, uh, the prophet, okay. the priest. And then this week we're talking about the king. So we're wrapping up this series, uh, the offices of a father, and we are discussing uh, men's roles as being a king in your kingdom slash family slash workplace slash immediate circle of human beings that you influence and get influenced by slash uh, like uh, slash like the guitar player from mm-hmm. Guns N' Roses slash mm. Um, mm. slash. Mm. So, uh, so where, where, where do we, how do we end this? Well, I think, I think if just a little bit of review, the prophet is a guy who speaks the words of God to his family. He speaks the words of God because he knows the word of the word of God, the Bible, and he hears God's word. So he speaks that to his family. He tells them and, and helps them understand what God is saying. The priest is the one who intercedes for his family, who goes before God and prays and saturates his home and his family in prayer and leads them that way. And it's, it's a shepherding thing, too. The priest is where he brings healing and wholeness and hope and, and guidance even to his family. And then today we're going to talk about the king, and the king is the guy. He is, he is the one that provides and defends those in his charge. He ensures that they are safe and that they have a place to live and to to thrive and to grow and that not only are they physically safe and guarded and provided for, but they're spiritually and emotionally provided for guarded and led. Yeah. The, the, so the Kings, uh, I, I don't know. I, I was introduced by, by, to, to these roles, uh, by pastor Becky. Mm-hmm. She led a staff mm-hmm. meeting, a life church staff meeting, a, a couple months back. And then we all, yeah, I think, I think, I think she's a little upset at us. Like, is she? Yeah. Why? She said, she texted me yesterday and she said, you beat me to the punch on the podcast. I yeah. Said, bro. Well, that lets you know she's listening. Bro. Hello. <laughs> I thought she was mad because we, we, hey, we, we screw up uh, the, the microphones over here. Like the, her podcast, the whole podcast, which go out and listen to it. It's, it's a good podcast. The but, whole podcast. But when is they're good. done recording, the microphones in the rooms are set up so weird. Well, and, <laughs> and, and if you follow their podcast, like when you come in here, usually you'll find a, 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 spit shield or spit screen that's usually really dripping with with tears because they get over these things and cry because it's it's really good but it's a good podcast to listen to all our podcasts are good yeah yeah i think i i also host uh chew on that and that's a weekly podcast it, we delve deep into uh the sermon from the previous week uh so i mm-hmm. I, I record that on tuesday morning and we typically record these on wednesday mornings mm-hmm. um so when i come back in my setup should be the same because i'm yeah. sitting in the same spot yeah but if the whole records their podcast yeah, the they're all after. different the, the microphones are like on the other side of the yeah, room it's like a kumbaya it's like, kind what of is thing happening here. in this room yeah. i didn't even know the microphone could get that far uh but yeah. but yeah so she she uh led a staff meeting a couple months ago and and said uh she wrote all, all, all these on the board and said each one of you are are one of these dominantly 
Mm-hmm. Not to say you mm-hmm. aren't all of mm-hmm. these all the mm-hmm. time. And, yeah. and when when we delve more into the, because a lot of people are saying, well, I think I'm all three. I think I'm all three. I think mm-hmm. I'm an even split of all three. Um, I, I, I didn't say I was an even split, though. I, I have a lot of the other characteristics. Right. But the king is absolutely the one that I am. Right. Yeah. Um, as a as a as a king, um, by definition, I I I I protect the kingdom. Yeah. I protect. Well, you you build what you protected. Yeah. But when you when we talk about uh, like uh, King David, which is my favorite king in the Bible, like he was dope, man. He he was a warrior. He was a dope man. No, he was dope. Like <laughs> dope, awesome, comma man, <laughs> comma. Uh, he, you know, he went. He went from. He went from like a shepherd boy in the field, to, to, like slinging rocks at a tree and knocking the skin off the tree because he was so good at defending his sheep. I think that's where he learned part of the kingship thing. There is in that field. Like, yeah, yeah absolutely. And when you when you begin to look, this is why I like David because. Because when you look at his story and you watch all the way through and you see all the different pieces and you see all the all the things that he went through and all the things that he grew through, you begin to look and be, you begin to understand like every every place David was was a place that God was using to prepare him to be king. Yeah. Every place. Every place. And, and that's not just David. That's like every 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 man can say that. Like if you if if you're listening and you're like I don't know if I can say that. Think back on like everything you've gone through, like that fast, like at the last second of your life, everything mm. flashes before yeah. you that you've done. Yeah, um, I myself came to that realization about two years ago. Mm. So, and I'm 39, so I was about mm. 37 when I came to the realization that everything that happened in my mm-hmm. youth, in my childhood, traumatic as it may have been, um, everything that happened in my 20s, my complete fall. From what I wasn't even I wasn't even on a pencil whatsoever, but I was I, I was I was in a perpetual fall my entire life. That in the mid in my mid twenties, um, I, I I finally was able to pick myself up and start the rise from there. Everything that I did professionally, everything that I did uh, spiritually, emotionally, all the all the wrongs, all the all the things that all the little things that compile to me, all the little cuts. That com- that compiled into a big uh, wound. Um, those were all useful mm-hmm. in the season I'm currently in, and it's m- it very evident and apparent that all of my trials were to bring me to this moment. Yeah. So you know what's interesting? I was just sitting here thinking about some information about David, and and the scripture says that that one translation says that he was ruddy, and and you get the impression he was light skinned. But actually, he was not. Like, yeah, mo- the vast majority of the the book you're reading isn't. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> it's yeah. He's not. He's not. He's actually very olive skinned, very dark skinned out in the out in the field, and just a an animal looking dude. And I think I think sometimes uh, he was one of those guys that was not only misrepresented and made invisible, and nobody really recognized him for who he was, but but. But people, uh, he was hidden, and I think God did that. I think God hides hides us sometimes and puts us in a place to ready us, to hide us, to keep us to keep us dark horsed is what I call it. Keep us out of sight so that nobody knows. And then when it's time for us, there's this there's this rise, this continual yeah creeping up. Like here he is. Well, this is the guy. If you think that 
you know, if you're a believer like I am, that we are in a constant battle between good and evil, uh, uh, the forces of good and the forces of evil. Um, if you don't know what side you're on, then you're probably not on the right one. Uh, True. If you don't realize there's a fight going on, odds are you're losing it. Mm. Um, but there, there's a, a, a constant battle, I, I'm in belief, that between the evil forces of the world and the good guys. And um, when I say that, that sounds uh, intimidating, but know that, the, know that the good guys in the story will win. The good always prevails. It always prevails. And so King David, uh, a very modest childhood, um, skilled at uh, throwing rocks, um, but he really came came to in the latter part of his life, and he ended yeah. up being probably the greatest king, yeah, uh, the the greatest actual anointed king on earth. You know, taking Jesus out of the possibility of the king yeah. of kings. Yeah. Um, but but so David is a shepherd, mm-hmm. right? And I think I think a lot of the king characteristics and traits mm-hmm. come from being a shepherd. Mm-hmm. Um, there, like I say this too, like there, as a pastor at a church, um, that doesn't mean I'm a teaching pastor. I mean, pa- there are a lot of different pastors in different uh, avenues in any given church. Um, Sean, Pastor Sean, mm-hmm. uh, the teaching pastor, the lead mm-hmm. pastor mm-hmm. here at Life Church, mm-hmm. um, the senior pastor, mm-hmm. uh, he is to teach the word. Mm-hmm. That is that's his job. The yeah. obvious, the yeah. obvious calling, yeah. and I mean. You you sit next to the guy and it's like he the understanding of the word he has right and how to how he can convey it to other mm-hmm. human beings that they can relate to it and understand it easily yeah. um, that he is a teaching pastor now mm-hmm. myself I have moments of being a teaching pastor but I'm not a teaching pastor my my what my calling and gifting is is more of a shepherding pastor. You encourage though people, you encourage people and like Sunday you exhort oh, sure. it a little bit like you. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. Sure. Like there, I'll have moments of that, but yeah, but like Sean does 40 hours a day, 40 hours, hours a week, week of yeah. studying yeah. the word yeah. to teach it, to deliver. Yeah. I don't do that. Yeah. I, I, I don't 40 hours a lot. I mean, he's in the word all the time. Mm-hmm. I, on the other hand, consider myself a shepherding pastor. Mm-hmm. I, my role is to make sure that, the flock that I am to shepherd doesn't get eaten by wolves. Right. You know, I, I say that a lot. My my role is to make sure that the men at this church don't get eaten by wolves. So you've brought up you've brought up a very interesting thing, and I'm feeling like this podcast is going to go long today because it's really like it's already getting juicy. But what you just brought up something very important about um, about the priest the priest part the shepherd part. You just brought this this unique shadow of um you keep saying protect the men from men of the search from the wolves um david learned warriorship i believe i just made a word up he learned warriorship out in the field imagine imagine a 15 year old kid out there protecting all these sheep and there was not just there was not just a handful there was there was a lot of sheep and and he had probably dogs that helped him as well, but he was he was an expert with the sling. Obviously, yeah, yeah. he was an expert uh, as the story goes. But, and, and as you know, <laughs> and he learned how to sling the stone out there in the tree. And just imagine this kid standing off 50, 60, 70 yards from a tree, and using his sling and knocking the bark off of a tree. In in a six or eight inch circumference, like the guy was accurate. We know that he was accurate 
because he was standing yards away from Goliath and he hit him right between the eyes and dropped him with one stone. So I think God works on our skill, our shepherding, our warrior skills out when we're out alone, because I think, I think that there are things in our minds, our emotions, spirits, will that has to be addressed and broken and repaired and fixed so that when we do get in the fight, when we do stand with our brothers, when their demons come, we're there able to fight. Yeah. So that's a very interesting piece to remember about the priest side of it. Yeah. And so the, 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 the king version of this, what we're saying, uh, the king, the protector, the, a king cares for everyone in the kingdom. Mm -hmm. Right. And so Mm -hmm. if we keep saying king like that, because I know it's flashing in my head, like you're you're thinking of the tyrannist kings mm-hmm. that have ruled right. throughout humanity. Right. But th- this isn't that. Like we're we're referring to the greatest kings, mm-hmm. the kings that loved their loved their colony, loved their kingdom, mm-hmm. loved the people inside of it, provided for the mm-hmm. people inside of it, protected the people inside of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so much so that people like protected the king with mm-hmm. their lives right. because right. of because of how infectious his love for the mm-hmm. kingdom was. Right. And that's really good. That so, right there. So that's the type of king we're describing right now. And mm-hmm. um so let, let's compare so, this with, with So a movie just flashed through my mind and I have to do this like uh did you ever see the movie First Night? No, I don't uh, think so. Bro. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. I've saw the movie Night's Tale. With Heath Ledger, that's yeah, a great movie. That's yeah, a good movie, but but let's not get sidetracked on movies. Sorry, a movie flash. So kings, they they because of their infectious love and care for their their people in the kingdom. What happens is that you know you've drawn up a point here on on the sketchboard. The fact is that if we're a good dad, we're a good king in our home. If we're a good dad, then our infectious love is going to dominate the hearts and minds. And that's how we want to dominate our families is with an infectious love that only God can give. If we don't use the infectious love and the presence of Holy Spirit and utilize the the power of the prophet and the 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 shepherding of the priest, if if that in if that doesn't come through as king then we've missed the boat and we're going to have a hard time, a very difficult time leading our, our queen and our little, little subjects, our little kids. Yeah. Right. So when we say King, this is one thing that amazes me that when I get around obnoxious men, two things want to happen in my mind is one, I want to punch them in the throat because they're obnoxious. Yeah. Which, and is, then, which doesn't come off very often, Barry, because you seem to be always mild mannered and chill. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then the other thing, the, yeah, the other thing, yeah, the, I'm using my inside voice now. So the other side, <laughs> the other part is that if we're, if we're saying we're king of the home, then, then for, for us to be king, we have to have a queen. And instead of, I think some guys treat their their wives like evil queens and feel like they have to keep them under their thumb and control them. And that's not at all the way God made it. Not at all. Right. Not at all. So when we talk about this infectious love piece, which is a brilliant, a brilliant phrase that we're going to have to work on here, the infectious love part, I think we rule stronger, better, and wiser when we use infectious love. And infectious love. It's a love that's not, it's not weak, but it's strong. 
it's balanced by the prophet. It's balanced by the priest. It's it's knowing what God says. It's being able to shepherd well that child who's going through a difficult time. It's being able to shepherd well that queen in your home. So when we begin to think about our our kingship being like that, then we have to understand. We have to surely understand and we have to develop this thinking in us that there's a great deal of responsibility in our lives because our home is our kingdom, not for us to rule, reign, and, and control, but to build and to multiply ourselves, what God has done in us, multiply ourselves in, in our wife and our children. Yeah. Uh, an, old, an old phrase, and this, is, this phrase came from uh, defining the United States as a uh, world power, um, but the phrase, the ones with the big guns rarely have to show them. Now in World War II, yep. we dropped we yep. dropped the two big bombs, um, and the rest of the world then started submitting on mm-hmm. the opposing side because mm-hmm. they thought we had more of them. Yeah, turns out we didn't. Yeah, we shot oh, the only two we had. Yeah, um, so a, a little bit of a, a chicken match going. Um, but those types of bombs never had to be dropped again, mm-hmm. right? So, the but the United States uh, uh, military, greatest military in all of probably all of history. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just no second place that comes close. Um, we, we don't very often have to show that we have large bombs and, 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 and fleets, right? Right. Because the ones with the big guns rarely have to show them. The same rule applies at, in the home. Like the ones, the ones with the big guns, we, I don't have to yell and scream over my wife. Mm-hmm. I don't have to control her or have my thumb on top of That's her. That's good right you know, there. I don't, I don't have to good. do that Yeah, because yeah. I lead, I lead with, with infectious love and with wisdom and foresight and God first. And because of which I never have to apply the, uh, pressure onto my quote subjects, mm-hmm. right? right? Because good. the ones with the big That's guns really good. rarely, if right. ever, have to show them. Right. Like it's, I read a book one time about um, the wielding of the sword of the father and, and, you know, you can use it to rule, reign, protect and, and equip, or you can use it as a weapon. It's used for both. And I think as we use our position of king, we have to use it wisely. We can't just throw it around. We can't, play marbles with diamonds, you know, being, being a king, uh, because of what the Lord says about us, being a king is a great deal of responsibility. And, and in fact, we're actually teaching our sons and daughters how to respond in the future to their husband or wife. Correct. Right. And we're teaching them how to parent their kids and how to have relationship with Jesus and how to how to work hard and how to do good things, how to go to college, how to study, how to play an instrument, how all these things like that's, that's building your legacy. You know, Kings not only build now in the present, they have to build now in the present helps build in the future to build legacy. And when we're building legacy, a good legacy, we're also enhancing the destiny of our children because we're giving them guidance as to what to do and how to do it, how to do it. Proverbs says that raise up a child in the way that you should go and they will never depart from it, which if you study that actually in the Hebrew, it means Raise up a child in the way he or she is bent. Like, if you have an if you have a musician and and God created them to be a musician, don't try to create don't don't try to bend them toward being a doctor because it's never going to work unless they're a doctor that likes music. Yeah, right. So understand who they are, and that's part of what a king does is help them understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
and develop that because if you're doing that now, you're you're enhancing their destinies and you're building your own legacy down the road. Yeah, like it or not, you're uh, you're you're leaving a mark, right? So mm. as we were talking about the that's this another one thing is just that you're leaving a mark. I had this mm. friend in high school. Um, his father was terrible, like terrible. He was a terrible alcoholic. He was. He was towards the end of his life. He was he was confined to a chair where he would just yell from. So I would go over to uh, to my friend's house, and that's all you'd hear is just his dad yelling in a drunken, drunken, drunken stupor. Slur. Yeah, stupor. Um, my friend hated his dad, like hated him. Uh, I, the reason why we we're at his, his that his house so frequently is because like there was no rules over there, right? So we could we could do whatever we wanted. Um, but if you went to the living room, this man was just like scary, scary. Like again, he was so confined to a chair at towards the end of his alcoholism. And then ultimately the end of his life that he didn't get up from the chair very often. Um, mm. so it's like as, as a 16 year old, uh, young man, you're like, well, I could I'd destroy this guy. Um, but his, his persona, um, was bad. And I felt bad for my friend because my friend would, often break down in tears about how his father treated him. I'm curious, like, like your friend, where are they today? Uh, he's, uh, you know, and the unlikeliness that he's listening to this. If I said that, I mean, he probably knows who I'm talking about, but irregardless, the people would know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, he's, he's, is, it, is he, is he in, in a good trajectory or is he still making his way to that? Making his way. To yeah. That. He's, he's been, yeah. he's, yeah. he's in his forties making his way to that. So I, I don't know how much time's left. Right, yeah. right. Well, the moral of the story is that when his father ultimately did pass from from uh, liver failure and alcoholism, uh, my friend, my friend, like broke down, mm. like like that he was the greatest dad in the world, mm -hmm. right? And so the people around, all the friends closest to us were like, like y'all know he was a douchebag, right? Like, like so, but so, irregardless, there's like this love that's implanted, right, right. That's the infectious love. It in in one of the writers that I've read in the past, he he calls that father hunger. Like we're we're willing with guys who grew up fatherless and women. I'm finding like this. I had a woman say to me the other day, uh, "Hey, bro, we're fatherless too." <laughs> well, we can address we can we can talk about some of some of those issues, but we can't we can't address all of those. But we sure can give some information to maybe help ladies who did grow up fatherless. But about this infectious love piece, uh, God wired us as kids to love our fathers yeah. regardless. Yeah. Like no matter how horrible they were. And if we don't understand God's normal, then we'll accept the normal we were born into. And God's normal much of the time is not, and his design for family and father and mother is not always what we grew up in what we live in how we ex how we grew and understood our destiny and and part of the problem with that is that as a king we need to understand that god wired our kids to want to be not only be with us to, and not only be loved by us not only wanted wanting to be guided by us and have a relationship with us that's the design that's the original design not only wanted to be be in in the room with us and us be available and for for the, for our wives to want us to love them and cherish and honor and bless 
God wired them that way. And when we understand that, our life becomes in such a, a to the 10th power ease because we don't have to struggle to try to control. We don't have to struggle to try to make rules and regs that control and make sure. One of the, one of the worst, when you read history, one of the worst, the worst kings are the ones who ruled and reigned in fear. Mm-hmm. The worst kings. But yet, but yet they're remembered, right? So like for their worst. So yeah. you you're gonna be remembered and for your worst or your best. Your your children have this like pre wire to to love you. Mm-hmm. Um so the your your subjects, your quote subjects, and I, I feel terrible saying that about family members, like your subjects, uh, but your subjects already love you. Like even when they hate you, even when you're despicable, even if you are despicable, mm-hmm. like your subjects love you. Mm-hmm. So knowing that your worst will still yield love from them, yeah. Why? Why wouldn't we want to try to not yeah. be at our worst? Well, then there's where the there's where the judgment comes in for us because when we know that and we continue to do that, then we're 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 controlling, manipulating, we become mm-hmm. an evil king. But I think there's a point in time in history and family, no matter, like, I think no matter how bad you are, if you're ruling in a, in a bad way or leading in a bad way, no matter how bad you are, there still comes that day, you know, I love him, but I can't stand to be around him anymore. Yeah. And I think one of the things that we have to understand uh, in, in this call to be a king as fathers, as we are, I think what we have to understand is that. There is, there is a, Paul writes that there is a greater judgment for teachers because they teach the word of God and explain and uh, help people understand it. I think there's this greater judgment on fathers for being fathers when we, when we understand the way God's created our kids and our wife to respond to us and created us to respond and lead them. When we understand that and we don't walk in that, then, then we're in dangerous dangerous ground of being adjusted quickly and firmly by God in heaven. Yeah. I believe it. I, I believe it too. So you, so, so you, you're a king. So a king by definition, we, we protect, we love, we serve. Um, we are the, the wise person. We, uh, we defend when needed. But those are the king's characteristic traits that we're discussing. So here, the problem would be, are you doing that, right? And if you don't know if you're doing it, again, you're probably not. Um, how do, Barry, how do, you, how do you turn on the, uh, the king power inside of you? How do you? How do you water that seed so crop starts yielding from it? You know that's a good question, um, and one of the one of the things that I'm a I'm a big reference point guy. A big I like to read some history, and I like to study guys like different guys. And one of the things that I've learned is that if you've ever snow skied on mountains that have ski paths through the trees, you know that what you look at is what you get. So if you look at the path through the trees, you're going to hit the path through the trees when you ski. 
If you're looking at the trees, you're going to hit the trees. What we have to do is to refocus our efforts and we have to begin to, to first of all, number one is, is look at some really good Kings. And, and again, aside from Jesus as King, I think, I think David's, David's the example. He sought after God with his whole heart. He pursued God. He, he, when he crashed and burned and made a bad decision or when he, when he committed sin or when he fell or when he was victorious. He celebrated victory with God and because of God, but when he fell, he sought God for forgiveness and guidance and help. The common denominator there for me is that I'm my best when I'm seeking God's will and understanding for my office as father. Your office as father never changes no matter how old your kids get. In fact, it actually intensifies. So so I want to I want to pursue what God is doing not only in me to be the best, but also to to learn more about how good fathers lead their families, how kings good kings rule. How would you go about giving an advice to a listener to start that process? Well, number one, I would I would read about the kings in the in the Bible. I mean, you can you don't have to read the Bible like it's like the best way to read the Bible if you're not a regular reader is to read it like it's a book and just read about kings in there. Like David's a great king, and then study other kings in history. Um, but the other the the part of that that I'm getting to is that. You have to know who you are and and what God created you to be. And you have to begin to pursue with that understanding. This is the way God created me. So I have to embrace, I have to embrace what God has designed me to be. He's designed me to be a king. He's designed me to be a provider, protector, a builder for my family. Not only in the present, but for legacy and destiny. And He's designed me to be that. And that's my number one as that's my number one. Number one is that's what he's designed me to be. Not a pastor, not a, not an entrepreneur, not, not, those are all good, but that's not what God called or designed me to be. He designed me to be a father and a king. So I have to embrace that. The next thing would be that I have to, I have to be willing to learn into practice. You know, if you're just a king that sits on the throne and never makes any decisions and never leads your family, then what's going to happen is that you're going to be an indecisive person and you're never going to you're never going to lead them anywhere. And then there's a frustration that gets that surfaces. And there's a frustration in in your wife and kids that because there's no decision made, there's no leadership made, there's no leadership taken, there's no Design to the madness why we do this if we're not leading well and we're indecisive then a couple of things begin to happen i believe that not only is the devil in the details but the devil's in the fringe and in the indecision so when we're indecisive and we're not leading well then we allow for things to come in and creep in had we given foresight to that and and one of the things about being a king 
is that we build a place of protection, a castle, a kingdom for our for our family to live in and be protected. Okay, yeah. Uh, so studying kings, David's probably the best example mm-hmm. biblically, other than other than Christ Himself. The other kings I'm trying to rattle through biblically. I'm like, oh, maybe you don't want to take a mm-hmm. take a lot of advice yeah. from that. Well, well, a couple <laughs> of them you can look at like. You can look at and and look at, okay, this guy was very influential in the wrong way, and he was he was indecisive or he was he was rebellious even when God was standing in front of him telling him. Yeah. Like Pharaoh. God gave Pharaoh so many opportunities. And, so many and God's grace in that story yeah. is just like Yeah. God God loved the people that didn't love him. Yeah. He loved the leaders that he appointed. Right, but wanted nothing to do with him, and and until the the twelfth hour, he gave second chance after second right. chance. Which the Old Testament God can be a very scary God. Yes, he can. Yeah. Or if you read it with a different set of glasses, mm-hmm. the Old Testament God's the same as the New Testament God, mm-hmm. which led with love and led with grace and forgiveness. One of the most interesting studies that I've ever done ever in Scripture and and I'm still on that train right now, is to look at as how God the Father fathers me and how he fathers his people, his children. And you can learn a lot just from looking at that by, by how he treats his kids or how he speaks to his kids yeah, or how much he loves his kids. And that's part of the embracing piece. We have to embrace that that's, that's our lot in life. That's what we're called to do. We may do this or we may do that, but that's not who we are. That's how we earn our living. We may be an entrepreneur doing this, but that's not God will use that to bless us. Or we may have a ministry that God has assigned us. That's what he's assigned us. But that's not that's not the primary call. The primary call is that we're king, prophet, priest, and king. And that's who God's called us to be. In our family, in our in our immediate circle, at, at work, um, family, extended family, mm-hmm. community of bros, like, yeah, yeah, we're that, we're that, and I'll tell you this is the the effect that, and I've watched this in your life, the effect, however you rule and reign in your home, as as king, prophet, priest, and king, assigned and designed by God and and empowered by God. However you rule and reign there is how you rule and reign in all these other areas. Yeah. And however successful you are in your home is how successful you'll be in these that's, other areas. That, and that's probably the best. I mean, if we are to, to round third and head home on this series. That's the one thing. That's it. That's the one thing. You, you can't, it's, it's a fake it till you make it, but you can't fake it um, in this one and expect that your other ventures and avenues in life are going to be better. Exactly. We, we, we have to embrace and we have to embrace our call. We're, we're three offices in in one man, three offices. Mm -hmm. We have to embrace that call. It's like God, one God, three persons. We're, we're designed by God. So that being said, we have to embrace that, but we also have to give ourselves permission to fail. If you're one of those guys who are afraid to fail, bro, you might you just you just are failing every breath. So 
go do something and learn from it. And and know that every king in history has probably more failures than victories. Uh, even King David, like he, he didn't have a lot of failures, but the failures he had were pretty darn Boy, big. Boy, they were amplified. <laughs> and in our in in all the dude life groups that we're talking about, there are guys. Every one of those guys, everyone to the man will tell you that that the grace and mercy that I apply to myself is is the equivalent of the grace and mercy that I apply to my family and other people. Mm-hmm. So if you're not graceful and merciful to yourself, you're not going to be that to your family. You won't. You just won't. Right. And so like, bring, like bringing it back to my friend, like he hated his father. Uh, he, carry, he, he ended up carrying some traits and characteristics from his father. Hated him though. Uh, but for those few minutes at, I shouldn't say a few minutes, those few days after he passed and at his funeral, the the young man at that point was tore up. And, mm. But then life moved on. Mm-hmm. And now I look back at this this father, and that's the only thing I remember from him. Mm. You know, I only remember him to be a wretched drunk in a chair mm-hmm. who inflicted fear and and pain and uh, onto his kids. Yeah, you know that's the man I remember. So it's <clears throat> what, what are you? What are you? What are you going to be remembered as? You know, yeah. that's the that's what are you going to be remembered mm-hmm. as? Yeah. Unfortunately, we both know a lot of people like that who have fathers like that. Yeah, that's sad. But one of the things that we do know that the redemptive piece is that that God is a father to the fatherless. And he, he will be the one, even even when we don't know or understand, he's the one who is in the shadows, and mm-hmm. walking before us and around us and helping us and guiding our way. And one of the things that you have to do as a fatherless guy is just begin to trust God as your heavenly father. He is not like your earthly father. He, he can't be like your earthly father. Mm-hmm. So know this, that, that besides doing well these these three offices one man three offices we have and and here's the second takeaway you've got to trust god you just have to trust god as your father you have to step into what god wants for your life and follow some simple guidelines and principles um you do that and you're going to leave a legacy that isn't uh i remember him as a drunk in a living room chair mm. and i thought mm. when that man would pass that it would have been the happiest day for my friend's life mm. and it wasn't as well three days later it was mm. you know that's just not a legacy i want to leave yeah and that's, the, and that's, that's not a legacy i want yeah that's a grieving legacy one of the one of the best like um one of my one of my best like if I had to pick a mentor, he would have been the number one mentor in my life. And he just passed away mm. like, like back in August. And you remember him fondly? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I remember from, from, from a 19, 19 year old kid all the way through. And that's, like, that's the legacy. Right. Right. And he, the, the kind of father and person he's, a, he was a missionary. He still is a missionary actually, but he's a missionary and his family his family is still carrying on his legacy by preaching the gospel. Three beautiful daughters, all married kids. 
his wife is a fantastic lady. She is still in the field, in the mission field, in Europe, preaching the gospel. Now, that man was prophet, priest, and king. He was a guy who left a legacy and a pathway to the future for his family. Even after he was gone, he set this, listen, he set this thing up so well for his family that that they will never miss a beat. And, and, and the Lord Jesus is so ingrained in them and their family and his family, his extended family, that they will never fall away. I'm telling you, this guy, he was the pattern. He is the pattern. Like, he is the man. That, and that sounds, that sounds remarkable. And I, I, don't, I don't know how, it doesn't sound impossible, though, either. It's not. Yeah. Not. Not. This guy, I'll tell you, this guy was so, uh, he, was, he was the likable guy. He was the guy that would shoot straight. He would have fun, play hard, work hard, travel hard, love his family, lead his family. He preached to thousands of people all around the world, thousands, thousands of people. And, and every, every, every sermon, he preached like it was his last. Like he, he was a solid guy. And to the day he passed, he was was still <laughs> he was still building legacy into his family and that can be you and that, that can be, be us can all be, of us can be, why can't that be us you know yeah but it, it's not just going to happen accidentally the man sounded like he had he like he had a fire lit underneath him he did and yeah, he, incredible. Followed, he followed what what god wanted him to do yeah yeah he, he did he listened to what god wanted him to yeah. do and then executed on it yeah and I mean, I could only hope that at the end of my life cycle, yeah, that I would have that type of legacy, mm-hmm. right? Um, and you, as a listener, that you could have that type of legacy in mm-hmm. your family, yeah, that you could have that type of legacy in the people around you. Um, the world would be better. You know, there. I, I just have a feeling that there are guys saying right now, listening to this, they're they're saying, no, there's no way it's too late for me. Let me tell you what people are going to remember, what your kids and your your wife are going to remember. If you've botched it up and messed it up to this point, I'll tell you what your kids are going to remember. They're going to remember when dad had a turnaround and a shakeup and he yeah. changed the direction of the family. That's yeah. what they're going to remember last. Yeah. And you do that and you build that in. I'm going to tell you right now, you will, in fact, be prophet, priest, and king, and that's how you'll be remembered. That's awesome. That's a great way to end this series on the offices of a father. Um, hey, w- thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Father Seekers podcast and and uh, and and you think that it could benefit anyone that you may know, share the podcast. You know, your social media links. Um, also, rate and review the podcast. Just good ratings and good reviews. Uh, they definitely encourage us to do more of them, but also ultimately. Uh, get our exposure out to people that could possibly be listening. Uh, because what we're talking about on the Father Seekers podcast is essentially just 
the gospel of Jesus Christ and how you can apply it to your life. So That's good, Keith. If you, yeah. if you, if you know anyone that could benefit from hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ, I mean, that, it's pretty cliche, but everyone does. Um, so share, rate, and review the podcast. Um, this closes out uh, the offices of Father. Do you know what the next series is going to be, Barry? It's on the board. We, we're we're toggling between a couple. Oh, and keeping it as a special yep, secret till yep, next week. Yep, All right, well, yep. uh, tune in next week, and, you, and you'll know the answer, uh, hopefully, by the end of that podcast. Uh, but, yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, have yourselves a great week, guys. We can't wait to be talking with you again next week. 